Hello, this is Rehaba Malik and you're listening to Cue the Music, a podcast where I talk to strangers about music, the music they like, the music they're listening to and much more. In this week's episode, I'm talking to Avanti. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Hello? Hi. Hi. You can hear me properly? Yes, I can. Hi, Avanti. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. So how's everything? How's, how's your day been so far? Um, it is miserable outside. It's been raining all day and I've just been indoors. I just got done with my 14-day quarantine after coming to the UK for uni. Mm-hmm. And um, now I feel like I'm being forced into quarantine again because the weather is just <laughs> miserable. <laughs> uh, so tell me a bit about yourself. Where you're from, what you do, a bit about yourself. Right. Well, I am from New Delhi and right now I am studying at um, the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. Um, I am a psychology major, which is brilliant, and I'm a current second year. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much about me for now. Yeah. Okay. So... So you were in New Delhi, uh, so that's why you had to do you had to do fourteen days quarantine because you were back yeah. home. Mm-hmm. You're the first guest that's from the same part of the world that I am. I'm right now in Srinagar. You're hey. from, yeah, I'm from Srinagar and I'm currently home because my college uh, classes are not happening. College is closed. So I'm uh, home. Okay. You are at but... least from the same corner of the world because everyone <laughs> else got from LA, from Utah, from London. Manchester yeah. was in the same corner of the world as me. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what do you study? I am a med student. I'm a final year med student. Oof. <laughs> How's that going for you? Right now, it's going pretty well because I'm not studying anything. So it's going pretty well right now. No classes, no anything. So it's been going pretty well. Mm-hmm. I would have in January, but let's see what happens now. Yeah. So classes, will they be online or you have to go to the campus right in Well, the reason I traveled down to Scotland was because they're saying everything is going to be dual delivery. But I suppose that depends on whether or not all the international students decide to quarantine. Because mm-hmm. um, the part of Scotland where my university is, is like tiny and it's quaint and it's quiet. And so coronavirus is like kind of not around but now that it's tourist season and there are people coming in to play golf and there are students coming in from all over the world and I don't know if they're going to quarantine so um we have bets on how long it's going to take for campus to shut down but (laughs) we'll see (laughs) yeah so for now everything's dual delivery I think lectures are online and my labs and stuff are going to be in person all right all right all right so Let's now talk. Let's straight jump into your favorite album. Currently, your favorite album. So just take it away. Well, for now, I am very fond of Taylor Swift's folklore. Um, I really like her stuff in the first place, but folk- folklore was just like, oh my god, this is like new and it's great and it's. Um, so I feel like because India was in this entire crazy lockdown and I wasn't allowed to leave my house. I've literally been indoors for the past five months and it was just not a good time. And I feel like when you're indoors for this entire time and because I'm this outdoorsy person and I love being outside, I kind of 
this the whole time I was just kind of craving something like some form of artistic expression that doesn't necessarily have to come from me that kind of embodied you know lakes and the wilderness and the mountains and the trees and the fields and Mm -hmm. I feel like Taylor gave me exactly that with folklore Mm -hmm. and I I kind of told myself the minute I get outside I'm gonna find a field and I'm just gonna lie down and I'm gonna listen to folklore back to back like one more time because that is pretty much what I feel like the music is you know it's just it's so outside and it's like soft breezes in the afternoon and then you're running in the sunlight and there's a field and there's a hill and there's a river and it's Mm -hmm. you know it's just really natural and I feel like because you've got samples from um, outdoors as well, you've got birds in there, mm-hmm. you've got rain in there somewhere as well. It kind of, um, it was the outdoors I needed during the lockdown period. <laughs> so I feel like that's kind of why I, I, was, I, I was absolutely obsessed with it. And not just that, I mean, my dad, <laughs> my dad <laughs> is a major Swifty. Is and, he like only oh, folklore yeah. or before folklore even? Oh, before folklore, folklore as well, because the thing is, I've always been into Taylor Swift, but my dad, he's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is good stuff. This is good music. I love that she's singing about love and she's so good at it. And now every time Taylor releases a new album, the first thing he does is he texts me and he's like, okay, um, are we going to have a listening party? What are we eating? What are we going to drink? Um, I'll be back from work in about an hour. Don't listen to it without me. <laughs> And so did you have a listening party? Because he must have also, was he working from home during quarantine? Yeah, yeah, he was. So you must have had a listening party, both of you together? Every day, not just once. Every day? Every like, day. Like, how many times did you listen to this album? On repeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's not even a one-time thing. We just kind of sat together every evening. And um, you know how we Indians have our afternoon chai? like mm-hmm. our afternoon tea time, that was when we'd all just like sit together and my mum would just get fed up of it after a while. I think after a week of release, she's like, will you guys ever listen to anything else? And um, we pretty much just looked at them. So if you don't like it, you don't have to sit here with us. But yeah. Um, um, I Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't she release her seventh album, Lover, like nine months ago or 10 months ago? It's, oh, it's not she been- did. A long time between these two albums. I think A Year of Lover was yesterday, actually. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Forgive me because I'm not a, I'm not a Swiftie. <laughs> I, I like her stuff, but this is the first album that I've come listened to like throughout, from the start what, to finish. What did you think of it? You know, it does make me sound a bit like an indie asshole because when I saw the post, okay, she is going to release an album in 15 hours. Oh, mm-hmm. Aaron Desner from The National is collaborating mm-hmm. on, and I love The National. National is, is it's one of my favorite bands. Like, okay, my interest was peaked. Oh, Bon Iver is collaborating with her. My interest yeah. was peaked. Like those two factors were like, okay, I'm going to give this album a listen. It's mm-hmm. good. Supposedly she's going more towards the indie sound, and yeah. because being very honest, I was more of a fan of her earlier work. Now she has forayed into pop. I don't. I'm not a big fan of pop music, so I don't mm-hmm. like her recent stuff that much. I liked her older stuff, but this album. I like. I genuinely like this album. I really like this album. I, yeah. I sat down. I took out an hour of my time. I gave. I listened <laughs> to this album in one go, and it's so good. And it's very scary to think that she recorded it in quarantine. Like she has recorded it in only three months. It's very scary to think that she has done it only in three months. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you. I'm not really fond of um, Lover very much. That was like the extreme epitome of just pop music. And it was really, really poppy. I think um, I would listen to it because, yes, it's Taylor Swift and I really like Taylor Swift. And that's why, yes, I'm going to listen to Lover because, well, it's my duty to do something like that. But to be quite honest, um, after, I think, the album before Lover, um, my -hmm. expectations were, like, really high because Reputation was really good. But then Lover... Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but wasn't it Reputation more of a pop? I don't, like, I might be wrong because I haven't heard, I've only heard, like, two, three songs from that album. But wasn't it more pop than Lover? Yeah, you're right. Uh, no, I think Lover sounded a lot more, you know, those exceptionally bright and happy, dripping with sweetness kind of gross songs? <laughs> That's kind yeah. of what Lover was like for me because it's like she literally took hard-boiled candy, melted it, and poured it into something, and she called it an album. And that okay. entire, you know, sickeningly sweet feeling that came out of it, it just wasn't really um, something I enjoyed. So I feel like Folklore just kind of calmed it all down. I'm like, yeah, she's still Taylor. Yeah, she's still brilliant. Thank goodness she's not making any more of that, you know, crazy pop stuff. But yeah, I mean, Folklore was just brilliant. I'm still listening to it, like, entirely through and through. Um I just, I really like it. <laughs> you know, I agree with you on that one. And I've only heard two songs because I do not actively seek out the music. I do not, I haven't actively seeked out the music before this. But she's one of those musicians because she's so famous, she's so influential that you can't miss her music even if you do not, mm-hmm. you know, go and play, actively seek out and play her music. You will hear some stuff. So I did hear, I think the first song I heard, I heard was Me. And I hated oh, it. I yeah. hated it. I hated that song. I hated it. Yeah, I kind of remember um, she was premiering the video for me. And of course, I was excited because I'm like, oh, my goodness, new music. I haven't heard from her in a while. And um, I remember getting up like really, really early India time just so I could watch it. <laughs> and then I remember listening to it. and I was like, oh, my God, why were there unicorns and rainbows in that video? I didn't want that. That's that's not good. But I mean, I guess as an artist and as she was reinventing herself again, um, mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. But I kind of thought that maybe she's running out of ideas here. Because mm. it sounded really, <laughs> really, you know, I mean. Generic. Like, Generic. Yeah. Yeah. It just wasn't it. And what, like, but lo- I like this title track, Lover. And I've only heard three mm-hmm. songs. It, it, I think you you need to calm down. And this yeah, me yeah. and love and love was more. It had a bit of a country flair, so I liked that song. It's, it was you know it had a bit of a country flair. Yeah, I think love was the- really yeah. It was bandstandy and it was floaty, and I'm like yeah, this is really nice and it's really pretty. Um, and I really like the baseline because it's very simple, but I like the baseline through love. But me, oh god. Yeah, and I don't know why, but Brandon Uli just irritates me now because I, I, was, I was a big fan of Panic at the Disco back in high school. Yeah, but now he just oh. irritates me. I don't oh, know why. We all he just go through mind. that Panic at the Disco phase, don't we? Uh, oh, such an intense Panic of a Disco phase. I like know. I look back at my high school years, and it's all pop punk, like Paramore, Bring Me the Horizon, <laughs> oh, Panic at Disco, Major Sad Girl Hours. <laughs> <laughs> 
three days games like those bad i've not listened to for the past three four years now oh uh, yeah it's been a while it's been a while it's mm-hmm. so which is your favorite taylor swift no sorry your favorite song of folklore oh that's a difficult one <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I've decided as yet because I feel like it all ties together really well because you've got it does. It a couple does. of different storylines running through. Mm-hmm. And I also like how not all the songs on this album are anecdotal. Generally, she likes to write about herself, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. over here, she's kind of come up with stories. And I found mm-hmm. that so interesting. I really liked it. Um, like, gun to your head if I had to ask like choose three favorite songs like I'll spare you I'll not tell you to ask you to choose one I'll ask you to choose three your three favorite songs um Mirabal August mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. The One I think probably yeah the one. oh yeah and which which ones are your dad's favorite like if I if your dad had to pick a favorite <laughs> from that, which would have been his favorites I think my dad's favorite is probably this is me trying he really likes the big you know synth oh, sound the at the big, back love that. yeah he is really fond of it like every time it comes on he's like oh this is so good this is so good you know um there's a track on lover that he's really really fond of as well it's called the archer and very similar to this one um this is me trying they both have like these really big um synth sounds in the background I don't even know if it's a synth really it's it sounded like a synth to me but I'm not sure um somebody might kill me like the intro the intro starts I think that it's a synth in the intro uh no it's not an intro it's just present throughout the track it's just that one sound Mm -hmm. right at the back and he really likes it he's like it sounds hollow but it sounds whole at the same time Mm -hmm. and I love how he's tried to explain it to me multiple times but he's never been able to put words to how how much he really likes the sound in the background. So he does this really funny dad thing where he closes his eyes and he scrunches his face and he goes, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I've, I've seen a lot of um, parents do this, like when they really like something just to emphasize how much they like it. They're like, yeah. yes, <laughs> so good. <laughs> And, you know, if they listen to old songs, which they like, they will just narrow their eyes and just oh, move yeah. their head from side to side, just <laughs> feeling it so deeply. <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny. And it's really adorable to see them just, you know, enjoying the music that way. Mm. You know, I, when I read about this album, and I, when I was listening to this album and I was reading about it, they were like, okay, uh, she's not writing from her perspective only. She's writing from pe- other, other people's perspective. People she know, pe- people she has known throughout her life, etc., etc. And there is a love triangle in this album. Yes. Which, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, now there's, okay, there's still references <laughs> to others because Swifties, they gather around and they just dissected this album, like, throughout. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then they were, okay, there's, there are references to that person. There are references to this song. Okay, there's a teenage love triangle. So it must have been because you're a fan, you have heard all her albums, you have heard all the music. So it yeah. must have been a pretty fun experience. Okay, okay, I got this call back to that previous song and stuff. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's it does seem kind of glaringly obvious when you do listen to the album through at least two times. But mm-hmm. there are some things that you just can't pick up on unless you go and you read a theory or two or something. <laughs> But <laughs> I don't think I'm that invested, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, please, please go on. I mean, there's some things that you just see when you're on social media that is like, oh my God, really? Is that really what happened? Is that what it's about? And then you go back and you listen to it and then you realize, oh, that's what it is. But I feel like with this album, so Taylor generally does not explain what she's written about ever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. with this album, what she did was she actually just, she she spilled everything like this is what this is about this is what that's about and here you can have it all and treasure it and have a good time <laughs> I think the Did fans she? yeah no, I didn't get anything <laughs> maybe, maybe because I don't know because I was reading about some song I don't remember the song and it's like okay there's a color blue and she has referenced this color blue in this song and it's like okay I don't know anything I oh can't yeah get, I, I'm, I haven't yeah. heard that song I can't get it <laughs> but it wasn't like some say that song <clears throat> like my taste ricochet. I thought it must, might be about someone or some relationship. And then I yeah, read a theory about like, okay, it's label. about Scooter and her record yeah. label. Like, okay, like, how are they supposed to get it? Yeah, I didn't actually understand that one until I read it somewhere either. And then I, I listened to it again, and she's talking about her stolen lullabies. And I'm like, oh, that's genius. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, you get this kind of feeling when you kind of realize, oh my God, there's so many metaphors that you've just like woven into your music. I don't understand how you do that. I've never been able to do that. But um, it's just really cool. And it's it's kind of time consuming. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, it, it is quite fun to just go over the album and just comb through it a little bit. But I will say that a lot of fans like to take it really, really far. Like that entire blue thing that you're mentioning, there's so much about how she's feeling blue and then how she painted a wall blue. And then this is blue and that is blue. And then people are finding things related to blue and they're like, oh, she wore a blue sweatshirt that day. That's probably what it's about. And I was like, no, just let her write about the color blue. What's your problem? And, but um... you have to like, just praise the people, praise the fans who take <laughs> so much time and so much like effort to check out every single detail okay this song references to that because she references this single line in that song which song was on an album which she released like five years ago and that effort and that devotion to an artist it's crazy yeah but I think it's kind of awesome as well just to like see the impact that an artist can have on people's lives I mean they're analyzing the music not just to find out these fun little things that the artist has hidden in it but to like find more to connect with mm-hmm. so I find that really interesting do you like it when musicians tell us okay like this is these are the lyrics and this is what I mean by those lyrics like certain artists like in 1975 and Clero they do they go on genius and they explain their songs do you like yeah, that or you want to I, I make, your, okay, make your own assumptions? I, I feel like music is something that should be open to interpretation. Um, it, as an artist myself, when I do write my music, my, my lyrics are generally pretty decent and pretty simple and kind of understandable, but I don't want to put it out in a way that somebody thinks, oh, this is about that person in her life. Like if somebody's close mm-hmm. to me and they listen to it, they're like, ah, I know who it's about and you better tell me that I'm right. Otherwise, I'm not going to feel validated. That's kind of not what music is about. I feel like it's got to be open to interpretation. Somebody should be able to put their own story to mm-hmm. a song and be able to connect with it at a deeper level. That's, that is my take on it, essentially. No, I, 
I agree with it because different songs mean different things to different people. You take it differently. Like mm-hmm. certain songs mean something to you; they won't mean anything to me, but they mean a lot to you. You will take it differently. It should be open to interpretation. Yeah, and I also feel when an artist starts to explain something, it kind of takes away that significance of the song. For example, yeah. if I hear a particular song at this one pivotal moment in my life, like let's say, oh, I met somebody really cute. at a bar and now we're married or oh i've seen this person i mean you know something really cool or interesting happens and then you learn to associate a song with an event mm-hmm. or you interpret lyrics in a way that you're like oh something like this happened to me when i was younger and i kind of i i really get this and then somebody goes and they just knock what you're thinking about that song to the ground because like mm-hmm. no you're incorrect and what i say is right because i made this piece of art So I feel mm-hmm, like it yeah. kind of takes away significance and I'm I'm, yeah. I'm 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 not sure I'm fond of that. Yeah, it, because when an artist puts uh, puts out a piece of music, it's out there it belongs to everyone and mm-hmm. it's sort of like if they explain it okay I meant this 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 by these lines and it it's different than what it meant to you. It sort of tarnishes the memory of the song to you for yeah. you. Yeah. Mhm. What it means to you. Yeah, I agree I agree. Yeah, but I also feel like they do have a right to explain their music just in case <laughs> yeah. it's being like really heavily wrongly um taken. Like if they're writing about something and somebody just goes and accuses them of something really bad because oh you wrote about it in a song therefore. So I feel like some amount of clarity they're allowed to give. And also, I mean, it is their song and they probably wrote it about a particular experience and the excitement that you feel when you put something personal out there is completely valid. So I can mm-hmm. see why they would want to explain their music, but I can also see why it would not be taken well by people who like to keep music personal. Mm. Yeah, you make a pretty great point. Okay, now your least favorite song of the album. Oh come on, you can't do this to me. <laughs> uh, I had to do it. Like you had to know that it was coming. I asked you your favorite. Aww. You had to know it was coming. Okay, I feel like the biggest skip of the album is um it's either Mad Woman or it's Epiphany. I generally don't listen to those songs through. Good so good epiphany so good i know it is really good but the thing is sometimes when i'm listening to the album through i'm just like okay i don't feel like listening about war, uh, war right now so i listen to yeah. kind of a thing. yeah i think the current coronavirus crisis that's what i gathered from the lyrics oh yeah that too and i was like oh it's really sad and it's really wonderful and but i'm just not in the mood for it so um A lot of the songs on this album are kind of geared towards every mood, but these two mm-hmm. specifically are like you need to be feeling somber or you need to be feeling, you know, like rain spattering a window and you're just wistfully staring mm-hmm. out into the distance kind of a thing. Um so I I feel like I reserve those two songs for that particular mood, therefore I skip it more often. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. call them my least favorite. I would just say I skip them more often than the others. If I had to choose my and I'll call it my least favorite. I le- it's my least favorite <laughs> and I skip it too. <laughs> I think it's Cardigan. Oh, it bores me. That song bores me. Yeah, I can actually see why. Um Cardigan, I mean, it was a really good song. It is a really good song. And it is I, a really good song. Yeah, I heard it the first time. I'm like, yeah, this is brilliant. 
then I heard it again and then I heard it again and then I heard it again and I'm like mm, maybe it's not so brilliant but I guess that kind of happens when you just keep listening to music like all the time and honestly we were listening to it every evening <laughs> Yeah, I think the problem with Cardigan for me was like, okay, it's a good song, it's a good lyric, it's a part of that teenage love triangle thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good, that perspective. But first, it sounded like every other song right now out there. It's, I don't know, I was listening to certain artists maybe and it sounded very familiar to me, like, okay, I know. Mm-hmm. And then maybe because it sounded like she was trying to emulate Lana Del Rey a bit. Oh. In that song, mm-hmm. maybe like well, personally, 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 yeah, and I'm yeah, not a very yeah. big Lana La- 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 Del Rey fan. Like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. her, her music is not really my cup of tea. Yeah, mine either. Like, okay. I'm not very fond of it. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, yeah. it's a good song. I can appreciate it. I and then if you want to play it, okay, I'll listen. I sit there and listen to it. But if I'm alone listening to it, I'll skip it. I'll skip it for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that does make sense. But I. I'm I'm not sure I thought it was really similar to everything else out there but more along the lines of it just got bored of it. <laughs> no, correct me if I'm wrong but out of that teenage love triangle thing is it Cardigan is from Betty's perspective, right? Um yes, yeah. And then Betty is from James's perspective. Yes. Then who's the third person and which is the song which is from this perspective? I would say it's either, I think it's probably August and it's from the perspective of the girl who James cheated on Betty with. Okay. Yeah, so she just goes, um, remember when I pulled up and said get in the car and then cancel my plans just in case you call. Yeah, Yeah. and meet me behind the mall and all that. So it kind of... Mm. I mean, it ties in because the lyrics do kind of co- correlate right there. Oh, in Betty, there's also like, she said, James, get in. Yeah, there's yeah, also a, yeah. In Betty. And she pulled up like a figment of my worst intentions. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting how she did it. Um, mm-hmm. so, like all these lyrical parallels and all these songs. And it's it's quite cool. I mean, especially once you discover it, you're like, oh, that's what's <laughs> happening here. That's so cool. And I feel like that's kind of the awesome part about Taylor Swift discography because it just everything ties into everything somehow or the other, and mm-hmm. it's fun to pick up on it. Maybe some people like to go a bit overboard, but it's mm-hmm. it's an experience for sure. And you know, my favorite song of the album would be Ooh. "The Last Great American Dynasty." Oh yeah, that one's a really good one. Yeah, because you know, if you even if you like your her Taylor Swift's music or not, you have to agree that she's a great songwriter. Mm-hmm. She's a great songwriter. She knows how to tell a story, and in this song, she like it was very really good. Like, it's like I, I had a it's a, it's a fun listen that song. Yeah, you have a really, you have a really yeah. good time listening to that song, and, and it switches up in the, at the end. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I love I love that little cheeky tie-in right at the end. Like, mm, I moved in and I feel like I resonate with the previous owner because we're both mad women and it's awesome. And I, I found that so cool. I found that really awesome. Um, do you reckon you have a favorite lyric from that track? Like, from that track? Yeah, you said it's your favorite on the album, right? 
like i had a marvelous time ruining everything i mean i have to say that line that's a yeah, great yeah yeah i feel like she's she's such a good storyteller yeah and you know and it's about to go become the instagram bio of every person every oh my god <laughs> Uh, do you remember that period of time where everyone was just like darling I'm a nightmare dressed like a daydream? Oh. <laughs> that was that was a time. <laughs> were you also on that was your Instagram bio also like darling I'm a nightmare oh, dressed no, like a daydream? Oh no. No. You, you can't admit it. You can't admit it. No, <laughs> I I, I swear it wasn't. <laughs> Because I mean at that point I actually was not into Taylor Swift as much as I am right now. And I would mm-hmm. just see it everywhere. And you know that rose emoji where the petals are falling off? <laughs> They just put that there like, oh, I'm a femme fatale. And I, I'd kind of look at it and be like, hmm, that ain't it. <laughs> I don't want to be that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when did you get into her music? You say that you were not back then. So when did you get into her music? You know, I actually don't have a specific timeline for it. I feel like I was in denial about it for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> and then um actually once I started university I kind so of this is last year this is last year yeah oh so pretty recently yeah i mean i've always liked the music but i've never been like i know everything and haha yes this and that right now i will admit i'm slightly condescending about my knowledge of taylor swift and everything about her music but <laughs> i i mean i i know i knew it but i was never like i'm a I'm a big fan. I was kind of like, yeah, I like her stuff, but mm, in moderation. But <laughs> I feel like after a while I'm just like, yeah, own it. I can be known as a Taylor Swift girl. It's okay. I don't mind. <laughs> I can understand why you might feel that because it's sort of looked down upon. Okay, uh, you like Taylor Swift. It's sort of looked down yeah. upon. Like And I don't understand why because she is actually brilliant. I think people just associate Taylor Swift with like oh dating and breakups and hate and love and all that. But I mean, I feel like her music is about so much more than just that and you just kind of have to listen to what she's talking about rather than just um oh it's Taylor Swift therefore I don't like it. And I also got a lot of like people were like why are you listening to this album? Because I've told you, like, I have not listened to her prior albums, but mm-hmm. like, she's Taylor Swift, so you can't miss certain song. Like, so I have heard two, three songs from every album because like, mm-hmm. you just can't miss her, so you can't escape a song, escape a music because it's everywhere. Oh yeah. But she, I listened to this album and I tweeted that I like this album. These, yeah. I tweeted the album is fire. So this is, and everyone was like, why, yeah, why are you listening to Taylor Swift? Oh, come on, like, come on, just appreciate good music. Yeah. three she has produced this album in three months mm-hmm. and it's such a great album she has got great collaborators on this album just listen to it it's good music don't care about what the me- media says what you think because okay you don't like her music that's fine you have given her music a, tr- a chance that's fine you don't like it that's fine but if you're letting the media warp your opinion of her that's not good that's that does not sit right with me yeah it's kind of like separate the arts from the artist sometimes as well I mean I'm not saying she's done anything wrong that's like oh she's a fundamentally bad person therefore you shouldn't listen to her music. I mean mm-hmm. I would understand people doing that for you know artists who've turned out to do some not very, not so good things. But um with Taylor Swift it's more like oh she's a serial dater and I don't like that therefore I'm not going to listen to her music. 
I've never actually understood that outlook. Like, just it's somebody's personal choice. I don't see why that should impact your enjoyment of their art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's also like it also show, shows highlights the double standards that we have. Even though, okay, I am a pretty woke person, but there are certain like internalized <clears throat> misogyny. Mm-hmm. So I will look. At her, okay, yeah, she dates too many people, and I'll not, I'll not say that about a male artist. No, John Mayer can date anyone, and he can write <laughs> many any songs only. But I won't. I'll just listen to that on warp, on on a loop. But she dates two people, and like, oh no, she dates too too many people. It's only like breakup songs and everything. Yeah, I feel like that's just again, like you said, just a result of internalized misogyny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so current favorite folklore but if we had to choose uh, from a prior seven albums your favorite album which one would it be um like a favorite sorry i didn't quite catch the question i think you cut off there in between okay can you hear me now properly yeah i think oh okay yeah. so the question was from a prior seven albums which one is your favorite Ooh. um I think probably Reputation. I really liked, um, I don't know, I just really liked the entire Dark Taylor persona that she had that at that point in time. Um, it was kind of like... Did Reputation have? Oh, sorry, sorry, I cut you off. Please. Oh, that's all right. Um, Reputation was uh, Look What You Made Me Do. And oh, yeah, the, I heard that one, yeah. yeah, I feel like Look What You Made Me Do is not really representative of the album as a whole, even though she released it as a lead single. Mm-hmm. Um, the album is a lot of just, I literally do not give a shit, pardon my language, about what people think. <laughs> and I, I really liked that because prior to that, it was all like, oh, I'm a good girl and oh, I'm in love and oh, I really love everything about the world. But Reputation was just kind of unapologetic Taylor, and I really enjoyed that. It was kind of like... Yeah. Please go on. I interrupted you. I interrupted you. (laughs) It's kind of like (laughs) a really nice break from, um, you know, that entire good girl thing that she had going on. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she, she kind of disappeared for like a year before she released Reputation with like absolutely no warning. And so mm-hmm. I feel like the entire reputation persona was just really brilliant and it was really well thought out. And um, I just really enjoyed that whole, you know, moody, broody kind of mood that she put out there. And isn't there a gap of like four or five years, like a couple of years between 1989 and Reputation? Like there's a gap of a couple of years between these two albums. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how long it was, but I do remember thinking, when is Taylor going to release more music? I miss her. <laughs> I'm just thinking about like, how I heard anything from Reputation. Uh, is Call it what you want is from Reputation, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, I've heard that song also. I've and um, song. I think a really um, a radio favorite was Delicate. I haven't heard that one. Oh, it was all over the radio, especially in Delhi. It was just that one radio station would always be playing delicate. <laughs> I would be loving it. And my younger brother would just be like, again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's just how it goes, right? Uh, you know, I I follow Pitchfork pretty 
closely because mm-hmm. even though i don't re- re- uh, agree with their reviews a lot of times i like how they write about music so yeah. i almost always agree with what they write about music mm-hmm. and they rated which uh, this album 8 Which oh, is a fair enough rating. Yeah. I, 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 it's a fair enough rating. A good enough rating. Mm-hmm. But you know, you could see because her fans, like no offense, because you, oh, you're a Swifty. <laughs> they are a terrorist yeah, organization. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I actually agree with that because I did see that they were threatening the author of the review, and I was like, oh my god, guys, calm down. And not even that. Even prior to releasing that review. they were releasing their other articles and other reviews and underneath all the comments would be okay rate a 10 or i will commit suicide rate 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 oh, for <laughs> okay <laughs> i don't <laughs> so i feel like that's a level of commitment that i'll probably never get to because i feel like that's a bit much <laughs> and i don't i don't want to be involved in that <laughs> not at all so which albums are your 10s like if you have to choose certain albums in your life which you would which were a 10 for you which ones would it be um like a safe space um oh, yeah, let me just frame it in this way yeah i feel I'd like say... yeah to be to be quite honest um for the longest time i would never actually listen to an album through and through Um mm-hmm. I would get most of my music recommendations from the radio which is like top 40 and top 100 which is kind of sad I mean I've I've <laughs> yeah. only just started like exploring different facets of music that isn't just you know the junk pop that you always hear mm-hmm. And to be quite honest I never actually really enjoyed that kind of music either and now i'm getting into things like um bright eyes and phoebe bridgers and mm-hmm. courtney barnett and snail mail and things like that and it's 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 like there's this whole world of music out there that i just haven't explored mm-hmm. and um i would say the safest albums for me um i'm not too sure i have anything like that at least not for the past Um I mm-hmm. do have certain songs that have kind of like you know the like mile markers for specific milestones that I may have reached in my life it's like oh this is what I used to listen to when mm-hmm. um that guy I had a crush on started dating somebody else and I was really upset about <laughs> it or this is what I started listening to when I won this prize or when I was going for this tournament or something or the other but i don't actually have you know safe space albums i've only just started you know developing those like um actually having albums that i've listened to through and through be like yes that is my safe album <laughs> yes this is what i listen to when i feel sad this is what i listen to when i feel kind of crazy so i mean i don't think i've had anything um in the past really Yeah, a couple of days ago, I was reading a short story by Haruki Murakami. He wrote a short story mm-hmm. for New Yorker, in which he describes music, which has been he he call he coined the term musical wallpaper. Yeah, like as you grow up, as you live your life, certain music which has been there, it has mm-hmm. been like you said from Milestones. Yeah. So, which songs would have been your musical wallpaper? Oof. Um. I feel like there's some that really really stand out. Um so I moved a- around a lot when I was younger. 
Um, I used to live in the UK and I used to live in the US. So when I was moving from place to place, there was a lot of, um, there's some Dido in there. There's some Duffy. Mm -hmm. um, there's a bit of Celine Dion because this is the stuff <laughs> that my parents used to listen to. And therefore it would stick with me. There is some amount of Bollywood music as well. Um, mm -hmm. I remember when we moved abroad for the first time, that one big milestone was Kajarare. I don't know if you know that song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. From Bunty and Bubbly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one. <laughs> and um, I don't know, there was Om Shanti Om also in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, I remember living in London for a while. There was Ed Sheeran's A-Team that used to play on the mm -hmm. ice rink opposite my house. Um, in the winter and it was really nice so that song always brings me back to being like four years old and just looking out the window um, there's another one Warwick Avenue by Duffy that mm -hmm. we were listening to it just came on the radio when my family and I were going up to Warwick Castle for a for a day trip <laughs> so that was a crazy coincidence and I still remember you know my parents still smiling at me or sitting in the back seat I remember seeing like the little turrets of the castle come out from behind the trees. That's like one of my fondest memories and that that song just sticks out just because of that memory. And so mm -hmm. it's like all these, you know, little maybe insignificant moments that are marked by these songs. And mm -hmm. sometimes I'll just randomly listen to an old song like um, Thank You by Dido and I'll just be taken back to like my living room floor in Hyderabad just randomly and I'll just be like this is one of them too so I, I just find that really really awesome how um, a lot of these songs are also just ingrained into my subconscious and it's not you know something that I'm entirely aware of mm -hmm. and I just I just find that super awesome. Were you ever because I my family also we moved back to India when we uh, when I was four yeah mm -hmm. when I was four yeah because I was born uh, in Saudi Arabia so my because my parents they both worked there so we lived there me and my siblings and everywhere mm -hmm. and there was like I remember and I will write this I can see right it's it's a fact that I don't think anyone who's lived in the Middle East has not listened to Dler Mehdi mm -hmm. and Nusrat mm -hmm. Fateh Ali Khan and Abda Parveen on loop. <laughs> and seriously, and I'm really glad because I got introduced to Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan and Abida yeah, yeah. pretty early on. But Dilair Mehdi, oh god, so much Dilair Mehdi in my childhood, like early memories <laughs> of so much Dilair Mehdi. You were listening to Dido, and there's Dilair Mehdi. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to be fair, I mean, there was a lot of in Hindi music as well. My grandparents loved bhajans, so I've got specific bhajans as well. <laughs> so there is like certain amount of extremes in my uh, musical wallpaper I've got like I've got these nice soft you know um, living room music that you listen to and the guests are over I've got some amount of um, ACDC I've got some Pink Floyd in there because my dad mm -hmm. loves them that's that is such a dad thing to really like Pink Floyd <laughs> and then um, I've got a lot of Bollywood music because that's mm -hmm. just how it goes when you grow up in India, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. My dad loves, loves, loves Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan. Mm -hmm. So I remember like any car trips with my dad. And even though I must be, must have been bored out of my mind, like all my siblings must have been bored out of our minds. Like Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan would have been playing throughout, throughout in a loop. Like yeah. artists like Abdullah Parveen, Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan, Sajad Ali. 
so music which i'm really grateful to now because i mm-hmm. listen to them a lot these days but yeah. oh god back then like four year old reha was just like come on just some <laughs> let me out of the car now i can't listen to that song again yeah that was kind of me with ar rahman for a while as well because my dad really loves his compositions my mom as well and um every year we take like this 12 hour road trip up to my grandparents place in himachal and i swear to god we did not have an aux at that period in time and the radio was really bad and we had a cd player but we did not have too many cd's in the car for reasons i cannot comprehend but we would just listen to the same cd over and over and over again imagine it was 12 hours of this and it was just you know just ar rahman on repeat i mean he's a brilliant composer i love his stuff it's great but come on <laughs> <laughs> all right so i'm now going to ask you a couple of questions in quick succession and just answer what comes into your mind okay okay all right favorite movie soundtrack movie soundtrack yeah. um i feel like right now it's from a bollywood movie called ye jawani hai diwani i was making an indian meal in the kitchen the other day and i was just dancing mm-hmm. because i'm currently alone in my flat and there's no one around to judge me for it but yeah <laughs> you i have a we i have a very special like that, that movie will be very special to me not for mm-hmm. the fact that i like the movie no i do not like it that but yeah the movie's kind of shit <laughs> the movie should yeah i agree with you but i was recovering post surgery i had just gotten my gallbladder out and my ah. sister and my friend are and it's what 6 years and 7 years ago now yeah mm mm-hmm. and my sister and my friends they recommend okay you have to see this movie it's a good movie and someone said i cried watching that movie so i was like okay now i'm going to watch it i have a lot of time nothing to do and i'm going to watch it uh-huh and oh god such a bad movie such yeah. a bad movie <laughs> but i will always remember it okay i wasted 2 hours of my life when i was like half conked out in pain and i watched that movie i wasted 2 <laughs> hours of my life <laughs> watching that movie yeah okay second question a bad movie which had a good soundtrack a bad movie with a good soundtrack ye jawani hai jawani ye jawan ye jawan ye jawan okay good yeah okay your dream collab oh mm um at this point it's probably phoebe and taylor which is probably never going to happen but i i, I think it, it would be cool it might they're both fans of each other it might yeah it's super awesome to see like <laughs> phoebe coming out like oh i'm going to name my next album fucklore <laughs> <laughs> and she collaborates with a lot of artists so she might yeah another supergroup perhaps mm. maybe taylor can be the fourth part of boy genius who knows ooh no i think boy genius can't be touched that is like too good <laughs> Too good, yeah. Oh yeah. Too good. <laughs> All right. So, which are your quarantine listens right now? Which artists, which albums have you been listening to in quarantine? So right now, quite obviously, folklore. Um, mm-hmm. and then what else? Uh oh, the new Bright Eyes was wonderful. I liked it. I haven't heard it yet. I haven't oh. heard it yet. I mean you should some sometimes it kind of gets monotonous but then I really like how it's all tied together and some of the, the music is really good I really enjoyed listening to it through 
Well, I, I I like I have I like their previous stuff and I like Corner, so I will listen to it. But just haven't had the time to listen to it yet. Mm-hmm. It just came so, out like two days ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there there's an EP by Holly Humberstone called "Falling Asleep at the Wheel." Mm-hmm. Yes, which is I I really enjoyed that one as well. It's quite nice, a little poppy, but that's just how it goes, right? And I feel like at this point, I'm just going to listen to everything. <laughs> um, in addition to all this, I'm listening to a lot of Courtney Barnett. I really like to, you know, just lie on the floor, stare at the ceiling. And I'm just like, yes, an il- illustration of sleep loneliness right here. And um, yeah, I feel like apart from that, um, I'm still listening to Punisher a bit. I did have to give myself a break from that album, though, because it was kind of making me sad. And also, I felt like I may not appreciate it as much in the future if I listen to it so much. But yeah, I think those are my quarantine lessons. Dude, was Punisher such a great album. Like, I wouldn't get into it too much because we have talked way, way too much about Punisher on this podcast. It's <laughs> such a great album. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Okay, if someone was making a movie on your life, like Avanti Chopra, the story, <laughs> your, your biopic, and you have to pick some artists to for the soundtrack of that movie, which ones would you pick? What kind of a question is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, if I wanted a soundtrack, um. To be quite honest, I might just do it all myself. <laughs> I am about to get into your music because I did hear a couple of your songs, so I am about to get into your music too, in, in a Ooh. while. But Ooh. I'm scared. But, uh, <laughs> ex- like keeping Amanti on the side, which uh-huh. which artist will you choose? Um, I'm honestly not sure. I've never thought about it before, and this is like. <laughs> I don't know. It's, this is a strange tangent that my mind's going on. Like, well, who is going to write the soundtrack for my biopic? Now I need to choose just in case it really does happen. But it might. I don't know. I don't know if I'm cut out for being rich and famous, but we'll find out. And I would say, I feel. Come on, my answer is going to be Taylor Swift at this point. She's a brilliant songwriter, and if she's got a story that motivates her, she'll write a brilliant song. So it's probably going to be her. Okay, okay. You know, I was thinking about but because I was arranging my music library a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. A lot of the music, a lot of the artists that I am listening to or have been introduced to has been because of TV, of TV shows. So much good music is because of you hear because of TV shows like mm-hmm. Grey's Anatomy or like terrible TV show like Vampire Diaries. Such a terrible <laughs> TV show. Like that you watch it, you binge it completely. But trashy really story. Bad. Yeah. But such a good soundtrack. Such mm-hmm. a good soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And recently, I was watching. Have you seen that show? Uh, I may destroy you. I don't actually watch too many TV shows. It's been a while since I watched one through and through. I'm a, a, a that I don't know if that makes me a really sad person, but I prefer reading. No, it doesn't make you a sad person. It makes you a cool person that you read. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Which book are you reading currently? Um, currently I'm reading Breakfast of Champions by Vonnegut, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. 
I've only read one book by Vonnegut, which I should rectify. I should read a lot of his books, but I've only read last year. Uh, what was the name? Uh, <clears throat> Slaughterhouse Five. Ah, I, I actually read. really want to read that one. Um, I think the only Vonnegut I've read before this is a short story. I think it was Tomorrow and Tomorrow mm-hmm. and Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Is that the name? I don't even know if I'm saying it right. <laughs> it's probably it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of rereading in quarantine because Amazon wasn't delivering in India when mm-hmm. during yeah. lockdown, which was quite sad. But I found a lot of my old books and I was just reading them. Um, and plus, yeah, I was just. You know, it's been. Yes, so, sorry, I keep interrupting you. Please, no. <laughs> no, I talk too much. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just reading some old books and I was doing my coursework. And after that was done, I started uh, recording my music. And then well, I don't know what I did. Anytime soon? I don't have. Uh, an instrument at uni right now and I don't know how to acquire one so we'll see I'm definitely writing but um, I don't have music per se as yet you know what I found in quarantine like I have a lot of free time during quarantine like nothing to do but I should be studying studying, but I'm not studying yeah that is the main thing well and I can't binge things because I was a binge watcher. Like mm-hmm. in college, I used to binge 10 episodes a day. Like I finished three seasons of Money Heist in three days. Oh, and wow. Thought, yeah, <laughs> nothing, nothing <laughs> to be proud of. But yeah, <laughs> Hello? Hello? Yeah, you're, you're back. I'm back. Because I think I just had gone on a tangent and then I realized, okay, the call has dropped. So <laughs> where, where, where was I? Um, something about yeah, you were binge watching, and we we're talking about your all-time best. Oh, not all-time. Oh, oh, <laughs> I I can't like I can't watch anything in quarantine. The more time I have, the more free time I have. I, it's become more and more hard for me to watch anything. Like the final yeah, season I, of Dark, and it's what only I eight feel episodes. Like, yeah, and I could like I've finished it in a week i was watching one episode a day one episode a day and mm-hmm. i remember i watched this previous season in like one night i didn't sleep that night i just finished it binge it in one night mm-hmm. i remember very distinctly that season two and season three i couldn't bring myself even though okay it's the last season it's really interesting the story is very interesting but i couldn't bring myself to watch it same with movies and books also like i have a lot of books which i haven't read yet i like i'm just looking around at my books as my to be read pile and there's a lot of stuff that i haven't read but I'm still rereading old stuff. Like I reread Circe by Madeline Miller. I reread Songs Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. I read mm. The Godfather once again. I read The Stand once again. Yeah. I feel like because we're all in this like really strange time, we're looking for comfort in things that we've experienced before. Mm-hmm. So it might just be the factor of us not wanting to have to deal with something new because old things give us comfort. Maybe so. Or maybe our brains are so tired now that they can't deal with anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is, think that is quite, the most. Quite possible, yeah. It just started raining here. It just started raining here. And oh, it's been raining all day. Oh, because we have, in Finale, we don't usually have that much heat. Those 
but it has been august has been really hot oh thankfully yeah. we had showers a couple of days ago and now it's again started raining mhm it's good it's good it's good okay now let's talk about your ep froth on the daydream so froth on the daydream go ahead. yeah so um that french novel itself focuses on a lot of you know surreal tropes and i was kind of thinking about the name froth on the daydream and i kind of realized it's like you know um how your milk froths or your coffee froths and just on mm-hmm. top of the good stuff there's just this layer of you know gross kind of soft mm-hmm. things that you don't actually always think about mm-hmm. and so i kind of thought of it in terms of my music so what i wrote about in those songs was kind of like um the really the calm during a thunderstorm or the feeling of somebody haunting you um while you're dreaming like people do appear in your dreams but hauntings in dreams what i was kind of trying to convey in that was like you're literally here all the time why are you here all the time <laughs> i like it but get out of here kind of thing so it's like it's like things that are as a whole positive but mm-hmm. they have that slight undertone of you know whimsy and it's kind of weird that it's happening but mm-hmm. and it's you know the froth on the daydream mm-hmm. so it's the kind of strange things about the good things that you would experience kind of a thing mm-hmm. now you released your ep your first ep this year only right in 2020 only i did yes mm-hmm. and it's five songs Mhm. And what is the process like for you the songwriting writing process how is it how do you go go about writing a song? Okay to be quite honest songwriting is kind of like this thing that occasionally impairs me in certain situations. <laughs> so it it's kind of like I'll be talking to somebody and then my brain just goes oh that's a good idea <laughs> and then I'll have to kind of like find a little corner or something and then put it down in the notes section of my phone so that I don't forget it. Mm-hmm. So high school was like a really tough time with all this because my teachers would actually find these these words and these phrases at the backs of my notebook and you know how indian schools are always you know so stingy about the cleanliness of your notebook like why does it have to be covered and why can't i write in the back of it it's a notebook i'm supposed to use it for notes excuse you but mm-hmm. a lot of my teachers would complain like what exactly are you writing in, in, in the back of your notebooks that doesn't make sense so um after a while of just you know forgetting cool ideas that i would have thought up uh, at school um i finally decided to have a notebook dedicated to stuff like this mm-hmm. and um well when i started fully writing songs i um i don't know it's kind of like generally these songs just write themselves but when they don't it kind of gets annoying So I'll have to sit down and I'll have to think about it and I'm like okay if you want to convey this message or if you don't want to convey a message at all and if you want something to sound in this way what word should you use so it's 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 an entire process of kind of you know thinking out what I'm trying to say and what kind of situations it can be placed in and you know what exactly it comes off as if somebody doesn't know the true story behind it kind of a thing So it is inspired by your life partly your lyrics. 
Um, some of it, yeah, but I do like to think of things in terms of, you know, other people. Oh, I saw a stranger at the bus stop the other day. They're dressed really funkily. Is that even a word, funkily? Oh. It, it is now. <laughs> it's just it is now. Yeah, dressed really funky. Um, and I'm like, ooh, what might their story be? And then I'll write something about them. So I don't know. Um, it just, it, it's not just anecdotal again it's a lot about things that happen around me or things that I make up about certain characters that I might have thought up earlier um I don't think I've put any of those on this EP though this this EP was a lot of just me being me <laughs> it does because the sound titles also like they make it seem like okay it might be a little bit personal world like there's a song and correct me if I'm wrong. Wait, just let me just open it on Spotify. I don't want to do it wrong. Wait, just that's all right. Yeah. So there's song like World Burn, What mm-hmm. If, Sunrise, Dream, and Thunderstorm. And I would say my favorite is Thunderstorm. I liked it. I really liked it. Hey, thank you. And so primarily you base your song around a piano, right? Because even your old song, which is I can't remember its name, but it started like Friday night something. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't remember the name. Uh, what is the name of the song? Wait. Uh, Young, Lost and Afraid, I think. Yeah. Young, That's Lost it. and Unafraid. Unafraid. Yes, sir. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> so is but, it intentionally like you, you play, basing all your songs around a piano? Sir, I'm not musically educated. I don't know how to play an instrument. I came to university and I decided to teach myself the piano. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been doing. And that's just how it's been going. Um, and because I am musically... Really, I, I'm not going to interrupt you now. You've yeah. only been playing for a year. Uh, less, I think. Yeah. Dude, so good. If only... <laughs> Thank I, I, you. Couldn't have, I, couldn't, I couldn't have guessed like you've only been playing for a year. But it's because it's so good. So good. Thank you so much. All right. Sorry, I, I cut you off. Go on. That's all right. That's really nice of you, though. I, I really appreciate that. But um, yeah, I, I feel like because I'm kind of impaired when it comes to figuring out melodies and figuring out chords and things, I do take help from people I know who know their stuff um, music-wise. And I started um, trying to collaborate with more musicians to kind of, you know, get that whole sounding thing for a lot of my music because I'm good with the lyrics I'm good with the vocal melodies but I'm not good with the background um, actual music part of it so that's something I know I need to work on but um, for this EP that's primarily why it was based on um, just piano backing because I literally did not have anything else (laughs) All right, so have you written anything during quarantine and during lockdown? Have you written some songs? I have, yeah. Um, quite a few. I filled up my song notebook and I had to start another one. Oh. That, was, that was interesting. Um, I think Sunrise off of my EP was based on uh, my experience of just coming home and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that is coincidentally my parents' favourite track on the... <laughs> EP, they're like, yeah, we love it so much. So they're always trying to get me to tell them more about what I'm writing about. But again, I don't like explaining my music because I feel like it takes away from what I want people to experience with it. 
but yeah. Also, because I don't know, I don't write music and stuff, but it must also be slightly uncomfortable. Okay, this is a part of me. This is sort of personal. How can I explain it to you now? It's say I put it out there, but how can I explain? It? Is it is it sort of uncomfortable when people try to pry into your music too much? Um, I mean, not generally. I don't actually. When somebody does ask me to explain something, I don't really go into too much detail. I'm like, it's about. I put it into you know characters. Um, for example, somebody. one of my friends who got one of the first listens i um i made her hear world burn and she's like should i be concerned are you okay like who 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 rejected you i said no one rejected me i was just thinking about love in the time of apocalypse so i just kind of explain my music in vaguer terms and if it's not actually about me which this song really isn't about me it's just characters mm-hmm. that i've made up um then i just i just put it out there like their characters and this is what's happening and it's love during the time of apocalypse and that's that's all i will give a person i'm not going to go into detail like oh she has um <laughs> blue eyes and blonde hair and she's crying <laughs> at the you know loss of somebody she fancied that's that's not how i do it and that's not how i'm ever going to do it but yeah so when is the any new music coming out anytime soon Um hopefully I mean I got to figure out a way to you know make the backing tracks myself because I don't have an instrument with me as yet so I'll probably buy something sometime soon or mm-hmm. rent it out from the music center or something but I do hope to put out some more music soon and uh the hopefully that'll happen Did you click it yourself? Did you capture it yourself? Yeah, I art? did. Um I was actually on a run that night and I took that picture and um when i was looking for artwork for this album i was um i was like i can't really do much at home because i wasn't allowed to leave and i couldn't really have a photo shoot cuz <laughs> my my parents are not very good photographers <laughs> so it wasn't a good idea but i was just looking through my camera roll and i'm like do i use a picture of my dog no that's <laughs> not a good idea and then i just kind of scrolled back and i found this picture i think i accidentally took it when i was on a run but it kind of seemed pretty you know um slightly misty slightly strange and it's like a mm-hmm. weird place to be in the middle of the night kind of a feeling and so i thought okay um the weirdness sort of ties in i think we can use it and i did which artists do you think have influenced you musically now as you 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 yourself are an artist now and you write yourself which are your biggest songwriting influences Lyrically I would say recently it's become um a lot of Phoebe especially I think because I was listening to Punisher a lot before I actually started working mm-hmm. on this. Um mm-hmm. no actually during my work process I uh, Punisher came out and I was like wow that's cool I want to do something mm-hmm. like this. And then on mm-hmm. top of that I feel like Taylor's always been like this incredibly immense um songwriting influence on me anyway. So mm-hmm. I would definitely name her. Um yeah, I think for this album specifically I was going for a little bit of like a slightly darker moody sound and I think it was also because I did a lot of the recording at nighttime because mm-hmm. my family's loud and I mean 
it's an Indian family. You can expect um, that, honestly. I am also talking to you at 12.48 a.m. for a reason, because everyone is asleep and I can talk to yeah, you. Yeah, that's just how it goes. So I would I would start recording at like midnight and I would finish up at like 4 a.m. Severely messed with my sleep cycle, but really helped when I got back to the UK. <laughs> But I feel like because I was doing everything at night, a lot of the writing happened um, at night as well, because I don't actually like people listening into my process because it's like, oh, you're writing a song? Tell me more. My my family is like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, because everything was done at night and because I kind of associated it with the darkness in which I was working, I did have the lights on. I'm not entirely a loser. <laughs> But <laughs> when I look look out the window and I just look outside and be like, I wish it was starry outside or I kind of wish there were more people around and I could see people. And I don't know, that entire mood kind of might have just filtered into what I was singing at the time as well. So, Is the next project going to be an EP or a full-length album? <laughs> we'll see. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> um, I'm hoping it'll be a full-length album. Um, I I do write enough music to put out a full-length album, but um, depends on whether or not I think they're good enough. I'm kind of harsh on myself when it comes to stuff like that. But no, but you shouldn't be. Like it's, I'll tell you, like from an outsider's perspective, it's a solid first EP. Solid first EP. Thank yeah. you. I really appreciate that. So how has the reception be, been from your friends and family and people who have listened to the album? How has the reception been so far? overwhelmingly positive people really like it and um I feel like because it is my first time putting out something like this and actually having a project and like having people listen to it and interpret it in their own way I mean before this I've only done like singles Mm -hmm. so this was a first for me and I was a bit afraid of how people would take the lyrics um, whether they would think oh they're all about her she's in love oh my god that's crazy <laughs> but it's it's really not like that because a lot of it is you know imaginated um, imagined oh my god <laughs> I've talked for too long <laughs> yeah a lot of it is made up and a lot of it is imagined and I was I was kind of afraid of what people would think of it and then I kind of thought no this is your art this is something you've worked hard on if people have mm-hmm. things to say about it, let them say it. You can always be vague about what your stuff is about, and that's fine. And I put it out there, and I think people people really liked it. I got a message from somebody one day, like, um, "Hey, I was feeling really bad about myself, or something, something along those lines. I was I was feeling really bad last night, and then um, I was listening to your music because I fell asleep, and it made me feel so much better." You did such a good job on this um, project. And it's it's just things like this, like my music's actually made a difference to somebody and has actually helped, you know, lift a mood, even if just temporarily. I feel like it's it's pretty awesome, actually, just to see that your work or your art is actually making an impact on people. You know, I listened to your music a couple of days ago and I've written it down on a post because I wanted to tell you this. Uh, the first song I listened to listen was that Friday night. What's the name of the song? Uh, <laughs> it's too long to remember. It's 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 the Friday night song for me. Yeah, it's oh, alright. Young, lost and unafraid. Young, lost and unafraid. Mm-hmm. And I wanted like it is such 
a perfect movie soundtrack song if it makes any sense oh really like, yeah <laughs> like i could see it in a movie like booksmart or something like it would have been a perfect fit in a movie like booksmart it's such a perfect movie soundtrack song uh-huh maybe i should make a short film then <laughs> maybe so you should you should maybe so yeah well that that's pretty awesome thank you so now last thing before i let you go mm-hmm. last thing now obviously everyone should check out avanti's ep but other than that any music that you want to recommend to people oh my goodness okay um falling asleep at the wheel is massively underrated i love it please listen to it and apart from that um I mean come on we've talked about folklore so much there's no way people can't listen to it now right Yeah I think everyone has must have listened to it I yeah, probably. To it everywhere yeah. uh, I but. think um the new bright eyes is pretty brilliant as well so that is good Anything more or that's it Please please stream my EP it would help me I love that thank you <laughs> Do you want to just plug it like take 2 minutes as yours this podcast is yours just take to plug your music um sorry yeah just take like if you want to tell people to listen to your music just plug your music if you want to just tell them just listen to your music oh cool um yeah so as we've talked about like a couple minutes ago i did release an ep called frost on the daydream um it's got five tracks and they mean a lot to me and i just put them out during lockdown and Um I'm really proud of them and I would love if you guys just go out and listen to it and um I don't know leave me some feedback on my Instagram or my Facebook or something if you want that's cool thank you I come on we have been talking about that EP for 20 minutes so you should listen to this EP it's, <laughs> it's and I have listened to it so just take my word it's good you should listen to it it's good stream our music on Spotify and wherever it is it's good <laughs> thank you All right, Amanti. I'm going to let you go now and have. Oh, by the way, did your roommate arrive today? Your roommate was supposed to arrive today, right? Oh, her flight from London to Edinburgh got cancelled, so she's still in London, and I'm not too sure what she's doing. But she should be here later tonight. All right. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking out the time and talking. No, thank you. This was really <laughs> fun. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. No worries. All right. Bye bye. All right, bye. It's lovely talking to you. You too. Bye bye. Again, thank you to Avanti and thank you to you all for listening. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter and on Instagram at Cue the Music, and be sure to follow the podcast playlist on Spotify. Until next time, bye bye.